Hey, Shepherd family, every one of us has a morning. For some, it may be 6 a.m. If you're my 17-year-old son, it might be more like 12 noon on a Saturday. But regardless of when your mornings start, this promise from God holds true for every single one of us. And that is this from Lamentations chapter 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's a hymn, by the way, John. And it's a reason every single Christian should be a morning person. And that's what Pastor John and I want to talk about today, is how to make sure every single morning you are ready for the great adventure, which is the great adventure of following the Lord Jesus Christ. John, how was your New Year's celebration, Christmas? We've started 2024. What's been going on with you and Kaylee? Thank you. Uh, we are... You know, we're, we're, we're happy, celebrated, refreshed. We got to spend a lot of time with both our families over Christmas. Uh, first with her family as they were hosted by her parents here in Scottsdale. Love it. And then my parents had all of their kids and extended families at their house in Wisconsin for New Year's. We did everything from a murder mystery night to <laughs> appetizer competition. Oh, and yeah. uh, the retired Welsh policeman happened to be the, uh, the murderer, oh. which, which was also me. And we didn't know till the very end, but it made for a very memorable New Year's really? Eve. And uh, it was a ton of fun. Fascinating. So, uh, Fascinating. Yeah, and then we jumped right into New Year's with Epiphany Preaching. I used this Sunday over at Mountain View as the kickoff for a good goal series, kind of following the idea of New Year's resolutions. What does it mean to chart out a cor uh, kind of a course for the year ahead, Love the it. season ahead, the month ahead? Love it. And, uh, and, and we both used the same text, though, from Matthew chapter 2, the wise men, Epiphany, and there's 12 verses in that reading that we used in church, and it basically tells a story of these wise men. They see a star, they go to Jerusalem, they're told to go to Bethlehem, they go to Bethlehem, they give Jesus their gifts, they worship him, and then by uh, way of a dream, they're instructed by God directly to go home by a different route. They don't stop back in Jerusalem and tell King Herod that they found a baby. And if you don't know the story, you don't have the context to understand why that's a big deal. So right. do you want to talk a little bit about the context of Matthew before we dive in? I would love to talk about the context of Matthew because um, waking up every single morning is the knowledge that probably somewhere along the way we're going to encounter some dark moments. Uh, and those dark moments can be um, just a uh, light gray. Some of them can be absolutely inside a cave with no source of light whatsoever. And uh, Matthew chapter 2 begins with uh, the king being born in Bethlehem. It ends with the murder of the innocents. I was reminded, by the way, as I was preaching, you know, sometimes when you're preaching, just stuff pops in your mind and you're like in a microsecond, you're like, yeah, I think I'll talk about that for a while. You know, the innocents were the first martyrs for Christianity. Mm. Do you realize that? Mm. You know, we often think that Stephen, in fact, Stephen was the first martyr in the book of Acts. He died for the faith, and that's really a big deal in Christian history. But the reality is the first martyrs were the innocents. And um, the ones that were murdered by King Herod, uh, as he was seeking out with jealous rage, the one born king of the Jews. And into that incredible darkness, we're hardly a chapter and a half into Matthew's gospel, um, 
that's the the world that Jesus enters into, and it is profound. It contrasts, you know, Matthew chapter one, the promise of peace on earth, goodwill right. to men, the angels singing in all their glory, and these, and then you have these travelers <laughs> from the east, right? Exactly. They're coming with valuable gifts. They're coming to humble themselves, to listen to God's word, to to worship the newborn King. And until you were to continue reading, which the Bible reading in in worship, the lesson that was shared. Didn't continue, but that's where you got those scary details. Right. And it's interesting how that fact connects with, you know, the opening verse you shared from Lamentations, new morning mercies, God's steadfast love never fails. Right. To hear that while you're in a season of darkness or in a season of difficulty, it creates somewhat of a disconnect, or yeah. it can, especially yep. if you sort of have an idea of God's promises that um, is incompatible with reality. Right or with some of the harder parts of reality. Right. And so here we have in Matthew chapters one and two, that same kind of strange dichotomy of great, glorious, peaceful, joyful moment, yeah. and then this tragedy, this yeah. absolute tragedy. And, and what I pointed out in the message is that um, whenever someone goes through a tragedy, whether it be light gray or cave black, um, that is your tragedy. And no one else in this world has ever or will ever go through the tragedy you're going through, ever. Um, people may go through similar things, but they are not you encountering these circumstances that um, weigh your soul down and maybe cause you to question God's faithfulness. And the upshot of that is, um, from a pastoral point of view, I, I, I wanted to communicate clearly to the congregation, if you find yourself saying, well, you know, people, there are people who have it worse than I do, or I shouldn't complain because, um, you know, my life could be a whole lot worse. Uh, I asked the congregation here at Shepherd yesterday, please stop saying that. Because that minimizes the light that God wants to bring in your life to speak to what is profoundly dragging you down and causing you to question or doubt God's faithfulness. Um, you only get to the brilliant light of God by walking through darkness as you have experienced and are experiencing it. And so uh, I just think that is such a critical piece for, of the epiphany journey for all that we're going to talk about, the light of Christ, his revelation, manifesting his glory before the world. It's all great, but ultimately it comes down to each and every individual. And uh, the church needs to take a take a, a step forward into that individualized darkness. We spent a lot of time in worship talking about how uh, when we look at the life we want to have, or mm -hmm. we look at the aspirations that we have either for ourselves or for our family, for a career, whatever it is, sometimes we struggle with what do we even aim for? And so then we ask the question, well, what would God want me to aim for? And until we understand kind of the limited starting point, you know, the, yeah. the kind of the, the limited opportunities or limited perspective we have here right. and, and understand who God really is. So we need to understand our limitations and understand the, the real nature of God. We're not going to be in a place to actually be guided by him. So yeah. I, I shared what I call the, the me issue mindset, which is one, I tend to be the number one person in control and, and in authority over my life. Mm -hmm. I know what's best for me. I know what I want. I know what's going to be yeah. um, um, the, the right thing for me to do. And right. then two, 
I compound the pressure of the world on top of me yeah. uh, by, by just the fact that I've got a sinful, corrupt nature. So not only do I take Same primary man. authority, but yep. then too, I say, well, if I don't figure this out, then I'm going to fail my family. I'm going to fail my friends. I'm going to fail my, uh, my boss. I'm going to fail my congregation. I'm going to fail my friendships. And, and all of yeah. this pressure begins to mount on. And I've got myself in a very tight, difficult spot where I may not even be walking through difficulty, but it already feels like the lights are going out. Yeah. Um, and then we need to understand the nature of God. So we need to understand that's kind of where all of us struggle to start from. Yeah. Two, uh, we need to understand who God really is because as long as we still think God is this thing to be figured out, this puzzle to be solved, this uh, mysterious power hiding behind a right door and a wrong door, and we need to figure out which door is right before we interact with him, right. we're always going to be stuck in that me-issue mindset. But we need to understand who is God really. Well, he's the baby that was born in Bethlehem. And what was the baby like that was born in Bethlehem? And what was the Bethlehem like that he was born into? Yeah. Well, you look at yeah. Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2, and it's mm. a scary place. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a dark place. And yet that's where God was born. And he said, I'm going to be real. I'm going to walk through your life. I'm going to face your difficulties. I'm going to feel your temptations. Right. I'm going to weep your tears. And uh, even in the midst of his early years of life, the first before he probably even is putting together coherent thoughts and memories as True. a human baby boy, yeah. already his parents are having to flee to another country to escape uh, the slaughter of the innocents. Right. And so we spent a little bit of surprise time in my preaching as well yeah. to explain why did they take a different route? What's the deal with King Herod wanting to know and then his deception and then all of a sudden that tragedy, that difficulty. Yeah. But that's who God is. He's a God who is not afraid to interface with us in the face of and even to focus on our tragedies and our difficulties. Right. And that brings up, uh, I know I'm soaking up a lot of our conversation time here, but it reminds me of this comment one of my good friends from seminary told me, Jared Townley, he's a pastor out in Pennsylvania. He said, don't let someone else's difficulty minimize the suffering that you're experiencing right. because exactly. you, you can't control how something affects you. You can't control how heavy something is. And so even though right. it looks like your neighbor or your friend is navigating a similar issue much more easily with much more joy, with much more strength of character. Right. And you're like, I still struggle with how God could do this to me. I still struggle with why they didn't hold right. up their end of the deal. Right. It's okay to, to, to grapple with the significance of something as it hits you. Yeah, I mean, predictability um, matters to us. We as human beings like predictable things. Um, Some of us do have a lower risk aversion uh, to unpredictable events. Um, You know, spontaneity, improvisation uh, for some personality types is a real blessing. But on, on balance, we like predictable things. When darkness comes in, by nature, it is unpredictable. And uh, for this, God says, you know, my mercies are new every morning. Um, For Rachel weeping uh, because Israel was no more, uh, the the prophecy that was fulfilled in the murder of the innocents, um, there was still a promise that in that deep lamentation, literally the Old Testament book, in that deep lamentation, Jeremiah the prophet was still able to say, God's mercies are new every morning. And that is for me, ultimately, to your point, you know, what I try to pastorally bring into people's lives, which is, look, we don't need to consume this 500-pound block of cheese as little Christian mice in one swallow. 
um, each day we can nibble off just a little bit more of the sadness, the grief, the depression, the anxiety, uncertainty, anger, denial. What does uh, what does Kibler Ross uh, say? You know these other parts of what happens when grief occurs. Um, we can take that day by day, knowing that at the beginning of each day, God's mercies are new every morning. What do you got on tap for uh, this uh, year, John, in terms of, of ministry and bringing these resolutions through the Mountain View campus? What's kind of your end goal as you're looking toward the, uh, the end of that sermon series? The hope I have is that as a community, we are in a much better place to, 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 to hear and to follow and obey God's prompting in our lives. Yeah. So yeah, we started yeah. here in Matthew chapter one and two, Matthew two especially, listening to the wise men, which, you know, epiphany, the discovery of something new. I tried to teach the preschool kids in chapel this morning <laughs> what epiphany means. Yeah. And then I introduced them to the, uh, you know, the kind of orthodox nicknames of the, of the wise men and their gifts and everything. But anyways, it's, it's something new, a discovery of something new, something revealed. Yeah. And God slowly reveals his mercy to us. He reveals his patience to us. He reveals his his uh, love to us. And so my hope is that as we follow the example of the wise men, mm-hmm. we're, we're humble before him, we're open to hearing his word, to, to listening to his teachers, and then we live a life characteristic of worship, acknowledging who God is, acknowledging what he's done. And if we can't name what he's doing right now, then we can name what he's done in the past or what he's promised to do in the future. Yeah. And when we live a life like that, we're in a better place to yeah. follow the instructions he gives us. So that's that's my hope for Love this it. sermon series. Love it. You know, I was just thinking as you were talking about, um, you know, the hope for the Mountain View campus. Here at Shepherd, we have two campuses. Uh, John leads the Mountain View campus. I and Pastor Allen are up on our Shea North campus. You know, it's... Um, we were talking about what was your phrase the the Calvin Baptists you what <laughs> something but you know in 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 Christianity especially in large church ministry there's like five steps to every you know endeavor you want to have mm-hmm. as a Christian five steps to a better family five steps to a happier job five steps to a pure uh, you know moral life whatever it is and uh, we were we were kind of tossing back and forth how there's a part of Christian ministry that helps people self-actualize, like how to be a better you. And um, for me as a pastor in this present moment, I, I certainly want that for the people that are listening. How do, how do we realize a greater, more faithful form of Christianity? Great, fine. But I also want to equip people to be helpful in helping others self-actualize. And that's really the missionary uh, you know, kind of call that's placed on us by God. How do we help others who themselves are finding their way to God? As Paul says, you know, to the Ethi- uh, Athenians, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of crawling their way back to God so that somehow they find him again. And this, uh, this conversation, it's not just about recognizing for each of us who are listening or participating in this podcast how we receive God's mercies, which are new every morning. It's how also do we help remind people who themselves are walking through gray to cave black levels of darkness that God's mercies are for them too. Incrementally, step by step, little by little. If we can do that as Christians in this new year, if we can make that our New Year's resolution to live as new mercies every morning kinds of Christians, 
John, we're going to be doing some great stuff, not just here at Shepherd, but each of us in the cathedrals of our own homes. Your home is a cathedral. Your family, your household is a church unto itself. How do you share the epiphany light of Christ in your orbit of influence? I mean, that's really the call. And... Um, and, and I'm, my hope and prayer for our Shea campus is I want people to change and be better Christians themselves. I want people to be helpful, helpful for others that are groping, seeking, clawing their way back to God to find and be surprised that Christ has already come and through the Holy Spirit is finding them. That's, that's grace, and that's what we want to celebrate here at Shepherd. And just kind of in, in a closing thought, you know, if you find yourself surrounded by or in connection with somebody who you know is walking yep. through a difficult time, who you know is struggling to see the light, to feel the mercy of God, know that we have a God who engages with us incarnationally. As right. the body of Christ, you know, believers are the extension of Jesus out in the world. And mm -hmm. the ministry, the mercy of God, isn't necessarily just saying the right thing to alleviate all of our pain or to right. settle all of our our, our conflicts. It is also simply the act of being there yeah. and listening. And so you can be the mercy of God. You can be the love and the grace of God simply in being a companion, being there to listen, being there to gently remind of the promises of God and to hear and help bear the weight of those difficulties. Right. And if you find yourself in a place where you're currently personally walking through one of those difficult moments and you're here in Scottsdale or you're near a church, <laughs> I hope that you can find, and I hope that you will find here if you come and visit us, a gentle, listening, companionship-based ministry that is simply trying to be that incarnate mercy uh, and love of God in your life because that's what his companionship, his mercy, his, his grace for us is. It's that being there and being willing to listen and being willing to bear the load as we all walk through the various things that we have uh, we've come across or, sure. or been been pushed toward. So yep. thanks thanks for joining us today as we engage in this conversation around mercies, around epiphany, around darkness and light. And we hope that this has been a encouraging, uplifting podcast for you. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. And as we close up, just remember Valley Chat is uh, in a developmental kind of experience. We're learning as we're going. And the more we have these conversations, John and I realize that we have topics that kind of gather around themes, uh, themes of devotion, themes of uh, leadership, just pure and simple leadership, and finally, themes of church and ministry life. And so as we make our way forward, we're going to start organizing our conversations and in this new year, conversations we have with folks from outside of our Shepherd family that we believe are an asset of value for folks like you to maybe hear from, overhear from, learn from, and share the joy of Christian life together. So look for that as we make our way forward. Thanks again for joining. We'll talk to you again soon.